Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am your host, Ellie Hope Collins, and I am so glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing from divorce, trauma, and betrayal. Because Jesus has already extended everything to us and sometimes he's inviting us to step in and receive that healing for ourselves. Today I have a really special guest on the episode. I have Carol Griffiths. And today we are talking about singleness and waiting for a spouse. There are many people listening to this podcast that are struggling with the season of waiting, waiting for the promises that God has given us, but not seeing the fruit of it. Carol has a personal, intimate relationship with Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Her main life goal is to fulfill God's plan for her life. She lives in the Bahamas with her husband. Carol is a trained mental health counselor and author. She has published a personal development book entitled Free to Be Me, Three Keys to Living Loved and Free. Since 2018, Carol has been self-employed at Pathway, serving as a freedom guide and kingdom life coach. She helps clients break free of limiting mindsets, heal emotional wounds, and apply kingdom principles to everyday life and achieve success in every area of their life as well. Carol enjoys learning, continuously transforming into a better version of herself, developing genuine connections with people, writing, laughing, and traveling. Pathway offers kingdom sessions with individuals, renewed sessions with couples, and kingdom life coaching sessions with small groups to help clients break free of limiting mindsets, discover their true identity, and live in freedom, power, and love. There's a lot of goodies in this episode, whether you're in a season of waiting or if you're in a season of not waiting, (laughs) having fulfillment in these areas. There is so many good principles from Carol, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Carol, I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is such a joy. Is it super warm where you are? It is so warm. Is it like too warm? Yes, it's too warm. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a meme yesterday that said that the way to fight Corona is to turn off the AC. And we were like, we're just going to have to get it because there's no way we can turn off the AC. (laughs) Oh, man, because you are, I mean, you're in the tropics. I am in the tropics. Oh, man. And it is warm. And so it feels like, it's it's probably like high 80s. Okay makes it feel very hot. So what do you do to stay cool in the summertime? I turn on the air condition. Yes. <laughs> and you know what works? What really works because sometimes where I'm working doesn't have air condition. And so cold water makes a huge mm. difference. Cold water and a lot of cold showers. Yeah. Just, cold just going showers. under those cold showers. Yeah. Like there's That's... no hot water needed. <laughs> well, I am, I'm in um, Minnesota, so I am um, pretty, pretty far from where you are in the tropics, pretty but far. it is, but it is also hot here. I mean, it's just crazy really? how, yeah, it, oh, it's, it absolutely is. I mean, I think, um, I mean, it's in the nineties and it gets pretty humid here as well. Like very, uh. very humid. Um, so it's very, it's very interesting just how, how different, in totally different locations, we can have kind of similar weather. I lived in Hawaii last year and it was, I mean, very different, but heat wise, like sometimes it was totally comparable to Minnesota, not in the winter though. Right. (laughs) So Minnesota, you're landlocked. You're like, you have land 
So there's no water uh, at all. Well, there is a lot of lakes. That's kind of okay. our thing. That's okay. but they're all fresh water. I love the ocean. I mm-hmm. I'm just praying for the Lord to call me somewhere warm <laughs> by the ocean. <laughs> but um, but yes, we do have a lot of freshwater lakes. Also, this is a very Midwestern thing to be talking about the weather. Um, as some small talk before we get into deep stuff. So thank you for bearing with me, Carol. I so appreciate it. But I'm so glad that you're on. We just met briefly on um, a really fun call last mm-hmm. week, and I was like, I need Carol on the podcast. Um, not because a while. I know, but just, just your passion, your vulnerability in that call really, really blessed mm-hmm. me. And, um, so I'd love to get into your story in just a little bit, but I want you to just share some fun things about yourself. Um, like who are you generally, what fills your days and mm-hmm. what gives you joy? Well, I am Carol. I am a woman of God. And I love the Lord. I really, really, you know, a lot of people say that, but my husband has this joke with me and he, I call God big daddy. And it's oh, because it. it's speak and not until late, later when I hear someone else say big daddy and I'm like, Oh, that sounds a little weird. So just to explain, I actually had a pretty decent relationship with my earthly father and so when I got to know the Lord and you know there's the father aspect of God and I wanted to make the distinction between and so I've I've built that relationship with God like he's like my daddy but I wanted to make the distinction like okay I have a daddy but then God is my big daddy like he's like the perfect daddy so I just started referring to him as big daddy and then along the way I realized big daddy has other connotations so now I make it a point to explain this is why I call him big daddy like it's not like a sugar daddy type of thing no but it's so like that's the type of relationship we have like I'm his favorite girl and I really feel like he's done a lot to help me to experience his love and to heal a lot of wounds that I experienced Mm -hmm. as a child, you know, as growing up, I felt alone a lot. And that's why Psalm 62 is like my favorite Psalm because it speaks of on God alone. I I trust God alone is my trust. He's my refuge. And a lot of times that's how I have felt in my life. So that being said, I am, a Christian, obviously. I am the last of seven children. Mm-hmm. Three of those are with my mother. Like my mother and father had three children. And so I was the baby baby of all of the children. And um, a huge age difference between me and the sibling before me. So there's eight years. I'm eight years after the sibling. So I grew up alone a lot because they were much older, right? And Grew up in the Bahamas, was born here, lived all here all my life, except for I went to Philadelphia to do my undergraduate studies. And that was in the 90s, in the 90s. I spent several years in the 90s in Philadelphia. And then I came back home. And then in 2009, I moved to Orlando to get my degree in counseling. Awesome. So, yeah, so that, so I did four years in Philly and two years okay. in, in Orlando. So that was good. And um, so for now, I am currently, fun thing about me is I've had 
four careers, four okay. very different careers. I started out in accounting. I wanted a job that would pay lots of money. So I started <laughs> out in accounting. That's what I did in Philadelphia. And then I moved into education. I became mm -hmm. a college lecturer here in the Bahamas. And then I decided I had so many students that kept coming to me for life advice. They were supposed to be coming for accounting help and they would start talking about their life. And then we would be in class, supposed to be talking about debits and credits and I'm on a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and they're thinking that they took me off trail and I'm like, no, I really enjoy this more than teaching the accounting. So eventually the Lord led me to go and do the counseling degree. And then awesome. I became a school counselor. And two years ago, I left that and started the business pathway. And so now I am using my counseling degree, as well as all the other yeah. life experiences and work experiences in this area. And so with pathway, I do, I like walking with people. I can meet them where they're at if you're dealing with um, relationship issues and not just like romantic relationship issues. I've had a number of clients that have struggled with parental relationships yeah. as an adult, you know, like just oh, yeah. having to navigate how do I relate to my adult parents when there's been so much pain in our relationship from childhood? And I'm now 40, 50, heading on 60, and there's still pain in our yeah. relationship, you know? But especially for Christians who want to live the word that says, honor father and mother, you know? And it's like, as a child, that means obey what parents say. But as an adult, when you're living your own life, but you still have these parents that are putting demands on you, you know? So I've had a number of clients that have wrestled in those areas. And then um, I like, before we started the, this session, you mentioned seasons and helping people through different seasons. And that is another aspect of what I do, helping people in that transition, whether you are, and to appreciate that each season brings new challenges, yeah. you know, and, um, I always tell people I've spent more years as a single woman than as a married woman and having to accept that getting married was a huge transition, you know, especially getting married. And I guess at any age, it's going to be yeah. a transition, but having been single and independent for so long and now joining my life with a man and I was like, wow, this is theoretically I was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for this. I know what marriage is all about, and I've read about it, and we've done the premarital counseling, and then you wake up, and it's like, oh, there's another human in my bed, and you're not going home. <laughs> Wait a <laughs> like second, you're we have to, to share stay. a bathroom? I what know, right? <laughs> Funny thing is, for the first for the first four years of our marriage, we were in a, we were in a place that had two bathrooms, and we, he used one and I used one. <laughs> oh, that probably, that was probably a big headache saver. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm like, you should clean your own bathroom <laughs> and I'll clean mine. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, I would love to chat with you around this area of getting married a little bit later in life. You know, mm -hmm. obviously this podcast is, is geared towards people who have gone through divorce or heartbreak of some kind. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really, that's my passion there. Um, but there's a lot of people who experience the disappointment of singleness. Mm 
mm-hmm. of wanting marriage and mm-hmm. and hoping for it whether that whether that is you know has been deferred for many many years or mm-hmm. if you've had marriage lost it and then hoping for remarriage and mm-hmm. and asking the lord for that and and i was single for for 3 years in between my divorce and my roughly two, three years in between my divorce and I'm now remarried. And that time was mm-hmm. probably the most growing time, stretching time for me, mm-hmm. often frustrating, not just because mm-hmm. I wasn't remarried yet, but because I was doing life alone. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think that that's, an, that's a pretty typical experience for a lot of people. Obviously, it's, I'm speaking generally, but it can be very hard to know and believe the promise of the Lord that he wants to give us the desires of our heart mm-hmm. and then not see it yet. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to share a little, bit about, a little bit about your story in that. What was that process like? How did you trust the Lord in it? Wow, you said some very, there, there are a few things that jump out from what you just shared, right? And it's like, I remember being single, like I've always, I've, I wanted to be married, but I wasn't like, I wasn't the female that fixated on it as a yeah. child type of thing. I wasn't the plan a fairy tale wedding type of girl, but there was a part of me that wanted to do life with somebody else right and so um and I remember like I just always had this sense like I wanted to share my life with somebody else and so now my dream was (laughs) I would go to school and get my degree and I would be married by 24 I'd have my three kids in my house by 30 right and so I had you have your life set out yes my life set out right and so I got I got I got the degree part all of that the work part was on schedule now nowhere in the plan did I actually know where I was gonna meet this man or Mm -hmm. how the relationship was gonna develop and so I ended up at 24 very much single and and then oh a part of it was once I was married then I would give my life to the Lord because, you know, there's no more fun to have and I'm already married. So I can just, then I can, you know, be a Christian. Then you can truly surrender. Exactly. Right. So, well, that didn't happen. And I gave my life to the Lord at 28, still very much single. And I realized, you know, this is probably a better sequence because now God can help me find a good husband. Right. And so, I'm like, this husband must be on the way, on the way. And he didn't come. I met some men and they were in the church, but they, and I thought maybe this is the one. You're showing interest. You're in the church. You must be my husband. And they didn't turn out to be my husband. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is not really working out. Maybe I should just focus on me. Maybe I should just focus on God. Because the thought was, when I get married, then I'll do this, 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 and this. But for right now, I'm just on pause because I'm not complete yet because I don't have a husband yet, Hmm. right? And I guess as the years went on, I realized you could be on hold for a very long time waiting on this husband like then what are all these years gonna be nothing and so God had started moving in my heart to start a women's ministry 
and a women's small group Bible study. And so I did that and it was so perfectly timed because I was dating someone that I thought, you know, eventually we would end up married. And within the first six months of the women's group that I started, that relationship ended. And Mm. those women having that group became my anchor, right? And that relationship ending was so pivotal in my life because it forced me to say, okay, Carol, what's going on here? Like, why were you in this relationship for two and a half years with a man who in hindsight you could see was never going to marry you, right? Mm -hmm. Like he just was not at that place. And so I started looking at myself and examining what do you really, who are you? You asked me at the beginning, who are you? And that is one of my favorite questions. Who are you? In fact, the way in Pathway, the name of our business is who are you, right? And so that was what I started really looking at outside of professionally because the professional Carol I had down path but I'm like who are you and what are you looking for and what would be needful to you and that's really the heart of what we do at Pathway and that is what was the the catalyst to even writing a book I wrote a book free to be me three keys to living loved and free and it was my journey to getting to know who I was accepting who I am the good the bad and the not so good and just being good with it realizing that I have value outside of a man and I now have a community called wifedom right and it's the pull to wifedom is that Women want to be married. That's the truth. Like 90% of us, I'm going to pull that number out, want to be married. Even the ones that say, I don't need a husband. I don't want a man. I have come to realize they also want to be married. They just don't want to say it. Even I didn't want to say it. I had a friend that asked me, Carol, do you want a husband? And I gave her like this five minute answer. And she was like, that's a yes or no question. Like, why are you, <laughs> why are there so many words? She's like, can you just say yes or no? Yeah. Do you want a husband? And it was so hard, Ellie. It was so hard yeah. to just admit out my mouth for someone else to hear so that I wanted a husband because at this point I was like 38 and I'm like, it felt embarrassing to still admit that I yeah. wanted a husband because I thought that I just needed to accept maybe marriage is not for me. Like, you mm-hmm. know, maybe I'm just going to always be on the shelf, you know? Yeah. Cause when and you, when I you, finally, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. I was just going to say, cause when you vocalize it, you're involving someone else in, in potentially a continued disappointment. So then you have to feel like maybe you have to manage their emotions in it. You don't want your, your intentions to be misconstrued. You're already dealing with some disappointment in general of just like, what's happening with this? Mm -hmm. Is this going to happen for me? Mm -hmm. And so then vocalizing it, having someone else can be, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Then you have to backtrack to them and, and hopefully like help to manage their, (laughs) their expectations with it. Right. It doesn't exactly. work out. Exa- exactly. And so, but I did, I was able to finally say, yes, I do yeah, want a good husband. For you. And she said, well, let God know. Be specific yeah. with him and let yeah. him know you want a husband, the type of husband you probably would like. And, 
And that's what I did. And so, but the thing about wifedom, that's I was saying about the wifedom yeah. community, is that God has placed on my heart that he wants women to know that being a wife is mm-hmm. not the prize. Amen. We are the prize. Come on. Just because we are, right? Yes. And so many of us walk around thinking that we are incomplete, because mm-hmm. we don't have a husband or the husband that we have isn't acting right. Or in the case of some of your audience, yeah. because the first husband rejected you, abused you, did whatever he did, or you will, you know, like there's that shame that comes along with, I have not been able to hold on to a husband. And so now I'm less than. You know, and and the the power of pathway, and that's why I love the work that he's called me to, is to get people to know you are valuable because you are. Yeah. Because you exist without any label, any role, any title, you are valuable. When God decided to allow you to be formed within your mother's womb, he placed value in you. So if you never get married, if you're in a marriage that never becomes the perfect fairy tale, if your marriage ends, if your marriage ends because of divorce or death or anything, you know, you're still valuable. And we have to start not placing our value in the things that we have. You know, something that God has shown me is if you place your value on anything that can be taken away from you, then your value is shaky, yes, right? Because so if it's true. based on marriage, parenting, um, a job, your status, your money, all of those things can be taken away from you. You don't have any control over any of it. Yeah. You don't have any control about whether you get pregnant, whether your child lives. You know what I mean? Like it, Absolutely. You, you as hard as that job, is to... As hard as that is to admit that, I don't you believe have- that God wants to take those things from us, but, but things happen. I mean, we hear yes. on this podcast of really, really challenging, traumatic events that happen in people's lives. Yeah. Divorce is traumatic. Death of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not God's plans for our life, but those things happen. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. and he is dead set on doing that. But our value, when it is based in, in those things that, that can be taken away, God forbid that they're taken away, that when our value is based in those, that just like what you're saying, it's shaky. I love that you pointed that out. Mm-hmm. Our value needs to be placed on a firm foundation. Yes. You know, where is our house built? How did yes. you get to the point where you found your foundation on the rock? As it, as it were, you know, (laughs) that's a part of my book where I talk about God did an all out love assault on me. And I share in the book and I'm like, assault is a really harsh word and it has negative connotation, but it's what happened. And this is funny. Like, this is how God deals with me. He likes, like, we, we do, like, opposites. You know how they say the least is the greatest in the kingdom yes. and that type of thing? Like, and the first will be last and the last will be first. Like, that's how he and I operate. So I used to have a Facebook page called, the initials were glum. 
right? G-L-U-M. Because it was God loves you. And I used like the U, the letter U instead of yeah. the word ministry. So it was glum. And it was like, you know, when your life feels glum, the love of God will turn it around. And so like hmm. the negative things of this life, God turns around and makes beautiful. And Preach. so that's the word that he gave me. It's like, it's a love assault. He literally actively, persistently pursued me with his love. And it was hard because intellectually, I knew that God loved me, but it was all in my head. Like Mm -hmm. in my head, I perceived, okay, God loves me. But in my heart, I didn't fully register it. And it was only evident when he started to help me to see the way that you live your life fearful and insecure and not understanding how valuable you are it's because you don't fully know how much I love you and um, when I got the full full revelation of perfect love casts out fear from first John and it was like what are you fearing because it also says the fear is based on your fearing punishment right and my story was there wasn't a lot of affection and nurturing in my home, right? And so, but when I did well in school, everybody showed up. There was like, you know, graduations. And I was yeah. an academic. So in graduations, there was like a lot of family around. Yay! And they're cheering. And, and then there would be like, for the rest of the time, I hardly saw my family, right? And so in my little child's mind, I had concluded, you have to perform to get attention and affection, right? And so that's how I was with God. I need to read my Bible and pray and be good in order to get his love and attention. And if I didn't, if I felt like I missed the mark, then I'm like, God must not really love me. But he wanted me to know that, no, Carol, I love you just because you can do nothing and I would love you. Yeah. Like there's, you know, and, and the scriptures say that. Like, there's nothing that we can do to earn his love, but we still don't register it. So we're still like a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. I got to earn this love. I got to earn this love. And when we realize that, whether I'm married or not, you love me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, your family keeps saying, you know, you're getting old. You need to hurry up, get married and have some children. So it says to you, oh, I'm not good enough because I'm yeah. not married. Well, it's almost like it's almost like that marriage would be another graduation of some kind. Yes. Like that's when your family would show up to, yeah. to give you that love or something. Because, you know, there's no more graduations unless you went back to you got get your PhD or something like that. Right, that right. would be maybe in your head that next thing. I need to do this. This is what I need to do to check the box. Exactly. That, that totally makes sense. And then exactly. you think I'm not. I, there's something that I'm not doing right to mm-hmm. be able to check that or have that mm-hmm. box checked. Mm-hmm. Um, but God loves us despite that, and I love that you're pointing that out. Yeah, and so you know, and you get it. You get it from persons, you get it from family members, you get it in the church. Yeah. Church people, there are a lot of things for, I remember being a part of a church and they would have a Valentine's dinner and it was only for married couples. If you're dating, no. If you're engaged, no. You're married, yes. And so I know that 
I actually attended <laughs> the event after I got married and I okay. realized why it was so just for married couples because they yeah. get like real like real marriagey. <laughs> they have like real fun games that are like yeah people who aren't legally allowed to have have relations shouldn't yeah. be a part of these games right okay and so <laughs> oh my goodness scandal yeah, was, this is a family spicy. friendly podcast <laughs> so, no 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 keep going but I but so I understand and now like the reason for it but as a single person it makes you feel left out right a hundred percent like I'm a lesser citizen because I can't come to this thing right you know and so you have like marriage ministries and you have things for for parents or couples with parents and that type of thing and then you have like the singles ministry and a lot of times singles ministry are gonna have persons like 20 to 25 maybe and so now you're in your 30s and the people in your age bracket are hanging out with the marriage ministry stuff you know the parenting stuff and you're here, you're single. And I have a friend that's like that now. She's in her 40s. And she's like, it's hard for her to find her place yep. in the church setting because the single people tend to be 20s and people her age tend to be married with children. And where does that leave a 40-year-old who's yeah. single? You yeah. Know, feeling less than, you're not included. Yeah. What would, you, so, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to somebody who's in that position? What, what's, um, what was helpful for you in walking into a situation like that? And you know what, as you ask the question, I, I wasn't conscious that that's what I was doing at the time, Yeah. but in hindsight, I realized that's what, because there's a saying that says, if there's no space for you at the table, make your own table. Yeah. And that's what I did. I, I made love my own it. Table. And it was definitely divinely inspired because that small group that God had me to start was not my idea. I had, yeah. like, that was never a thought of mine, but I kept feeling, you know, when you feel this nudge, you probably yep. felt it as you started this podcast, you definitely felt the leading of the Lord. No, Ellie, you need to inspire other women going through divorce that it's not over. Yeah. Your life is not a waste you know? And so that was the niggling that I, I felt that like, do it, do it. And I'm like, why am I having these crazy thoughts? Where are they coming yeah. from? Yeah. Right. And then when I started it and at, at the time, I just felt like it was purposeful because I needed it to, ha- and that was the name of the group, Purposed Women. Right. And so that's what I did. I built my own table. There was nothing like yeah. that at my church that I was attending at the time. And I wasn't interested in doing it within the church. Like God said to do something that wasn't attached to church. So I had women from different denominations that came together every Saturday for two years. And we talked about life and we talked about God. And, you know, most of us were single. Now that I'm looking back, most of us were single. A couple, one person was married and a couple were dating, you know, but we were single and we did life together. Yeah. And we learned the word. And that was helpful because now in the work that I do, those years that I invested were so important. Yeah. And now that I'm married, the things that I learned about God are so important. Like it's only God that's keeping me here, right? Yes. It's not easy. As we all know, marriage is work. 
right? Yeah. And anybody who tells you it's the walk in the park, they're not telling you the truth. Or they've been married for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they just said, I, they just, they just did the, you may now kiss the bride. And if <laughs> they that said that, then, nice. then they probably didn't go to premarital counseling or do their homework very well. So. Exactly. Because <laughs> premarital counseling, a good one will tell you, yeah, you're going to have to work at this. Yeah. <laughs> We need to hear that hard stuff. And, and I love that you said that you, you just kind of paved your own way in, in finding your own space. I think there is also really something important about a diverse group of people in your life, in church. I believe in, in having, I mean, I, I'm all for like women's uh, ministry, like, like you're doing, but having, it, it would have been wonderful if there was um, a small group in your church that was, that was inclusive to, to every type of person. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe they had that. Um, but, but to have the freedom of having single people and married people in one space, there's, there's absolutely a need for that for, for young people and old people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then also to have a space like people that are in your same life stage is also important. Like we, we need, we need those people running alongside us, encouraging Mm -hmm. us maybe Mm -hmm. who are a little bit further along or even further behind so that you can encourage them. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we do need diversity in, in Mm -hmm. our friend groups and in our communities. And I, um, so I love that you had that. It sounds like. And that's what, and that's what the wifedom community is. Yeah. The wifedom community is not just for wives. It's for wives and wives in waiting, right? So it's any woman who desires to be a wife. Mm-hmm. And so we have women that are single, unattached, like no man at all. We have women that are dating. We have women that are engaged. I love we have that. women that are married, divorced, and widowed. So it's the full spectrum of womanhood. And even though, like I said, the, the term draws women in because the, the majority of women want to be married. And so that I've noticed, I, I ran from it, honestly, Ellie, because yeah. I've always had the mind, not always, but I came to the realization that marriage is not the be all end all. It's not the prize. It's not the trophy. Jesus is the trophy. Preach. Jesus is the prize right? Eternal life with him is the goal. Marriage is not the goal, but I kept, every time I posted about relationships that on social media, that those posts always got the most Mm -hmm. attention. And I'm like, God, what's up with this? I'm talking about emotional health and I'm talking about spiritual growth. And I get like, one like no like I talk about marriage something new and they're like oh yeah yeah like like love and comments and he's like because that's what I've called you to to deal with relationships so I the, so the term do you want to be a wife drew people in but in the community we talk about being a woman we mm-hmm. talk about the value of being a woman no matter what your marital status is no matter what the state of your marriage is you are, you have a purpose yeah. to fulfill in the earth that's outside of marriage. And that's something that I had to learn in my marriage too, because once I got married, I thought that everything from that I do to the rest of my life had to be interwoven with my husband. Hmm. And there was no longer room for just Carol. And it took several years for me to realize 
I can't afford to lose Carol in being this man's wife. Yeah. Because he needs me to be Carol. Yes. I need to be Carol. And the world still needs Carol. I can't just be Mrs. Griffiths. I have to still be Carol within this. And so Mm -hmm. now I think I've, I've figured out like what I'm better at showing up as Carol. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think opened up opportunities like this. Yes. I love it. Um, I just, I love that you pointed out that it's okay to say and vocalize. I want to be a wife and, Mm -hmm. and I've been afraid to say that. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I've, that I'm remarried now. I'm, I love being a wife. Um, I've, I've been afraid of saying that because I would think, oh, that makes me less of a independent, you know, um, Mm -hmm. driven woman or something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's just not true. That's a Mm -hmm. lie from the enemy, I think, to keep us kind of silenced. It is Mm -hmm. so good and okay to want it. And if you don't want it, that's awesome too. That's amazing. Um, but, but vocalizing it is a perfectly okay thing. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying too, it doesn't mean that it's at all diminishing our personal call, our personal mission. God has given us, um, he's given us desires and plans and a calling that are unique and beautiful and Marriage can only, it should only magnify those mm-hmm. things, not mm-hmm. diminish them or, or having Correct. or needing us to push those to the side. If they're really of the Lord, then marriage should just magnify it. Yes. Yeah. That's so I love, true. I love that you're running after that. I think that's mm-hmm. so awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to hear how, if, if people are interested in this, how can they get involved or support or even um, take part? Is, do, you, do you have to live in the Bahamas to, oh, to be a part of this? Not at all. Because um, I, I just might I move feel- to the Bahamas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely warm here. Yeah. We have, the ocean is like right here. Uh, now, is there surfing in the Bahamas? I actually don't know this. No. Okay. No surfing. Our parts of the ocean are not they're pretty that, still not rough enough yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay yeah so think more of like you know the still waters in psalm 23 we have still water. there are there are you know what there are some islands i've heard of a little minimal surfing on okay. the island that i used to live on abaco because they have a side that gets really rough so this is the beautiful thing about the bahamas there are 700 islands and keys that make up the oh bahamas and about 20 of them are actually inhabited. And because they, they span hundreds of miles of ocean, so each island has like slightly different like beaches. Like the island that I'm on, we have good beaches compared to like maybe Florida. Okay. But we have some other islands that have gorgeous beaches. Like listed yeah. within the top 10 beaches in the world type that's beaches. awesome so um but <clears throat> interestingly when i started pathway it was always meant to be an online business so even before covid pushed everybody into the mm-hmm. online space we were already in the online space you were online I, before it was cool exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been open to 
working across borders oh. and the work that I do is online so it's open to anyone anywhere in the world as I advertise why someone was like if you speak English speak and write English you can be a part of this group cool you know so it's um I have a page on Facebook that's path.we and a lot of information is on there. Now, the thing with Wifedom is Wifedom Community is meant for growth and transformation. Therefore, right now, we're in the beginning phases. And so for right now, joining the group, joining the being a part of the community is closed. So I did a launch. I did some invites. And we have our core group for this season because God wants me to have the group small enough that I can touch everybody and reach everybody and yeah. people can get to know one another and and um, people get to know one another and they get to trust the community and they become more authentic in their sharing they're willing to be more vulnerable and that's how you know the Holy Spirit is open to do his work of transformation in our hearts and so right now we're at a fixed number but what's going to happen is the next phase is we're going to get into more equipping and with any equipping I'm going to be equipping some of the women to co-lead with me. And as they are equipped, then we'll be able to bring in more people because it just won't be me leading the group. So as right. we have more leaders, then we'll be able to accommodate more women because we don't want anyone to be a part of wifedom and feel alone. Yes. It, it has to be a community of mm -hmm. sisters at different, and like you said, different stages of life. Yeah. And we want you to know that there are other women in here who are on your stage and there are women who are behind that you can encourage. And there are women who are ahead that you can glean from. You know, I had my first, um, my first pastor, he used to say that, well I, well, I was saved, but he used to say that everybody should have a Timothy, a Barnabas, and a Paul in their life. Someone that they're mentoring, someone that walks alongside them to encourage them, and someone that they're being mentored by. And so this is what Wifedom Community is all about. But outside of the Wifedom Community, I also do one-on-one -on -one sessions with persons. I do freedom sessions to help people to know who they are, to appreciate who they are, and to be the person that God has created them to be. Right. And also, of course, with my mental health background, I help people walk through uh, childhood wounds, relationship issues, transitions. I, I deal with persons who are in that space of I have a job that pays the bills, but it doesn't feed my passion and navigating what do we do with that. Do we switch to a career that better matches your passions or do we help you align with some external some activities outside of your career that would feed your passion, right? Because as I, when I worked in accounting, accounting definitely did not feed my passion. I can yeah. do it. It's a very lucrative um, job, career, but it didn't feed my passion. But I also was involved with youth. I mm -hmm. worked with junior achievement. Okay. I worked with youth at my church. And so that fed my, my need to pour into people directly, right? So there are things that we can do that will tap into how we're wired even if our even if we have to stay on a job that doesn't 
fulfill us, yeah. but it is necessary. There are still things. I like to help people to see that there are choices. A lot of times we feel stuck and feeling stuck is a very uncomfortable feeling. When you lose hope that things can change, that is what leads to anxiety and depression yeah. and eating disorders and all the rest of the stuff that come along with it. Because hope is like air. We need hope. We need to believe that we won't always have to walk around with masks. Yes. Like that's our life right now. Like, yes, I can't leave home without a mask. Right. And I'm like, I love these online sessions where I get to wear my lipstick because I can't wear lipstick to go out anymore because I'm always on a mask. <laughs> I think the worst part of that is that you're smiling at people and you can't really tell that that you're smiling. You know, they can't see that you're. They can't exactly. see your face. Exactly. That you're that you're friendly. Yeah. Exactly. I, hope is air. I love it. I hope it, I mean, that, that, that is why I call this podcast Hope Reclaimed because mm -hmm. there is always hope. We have to choose to step into that hope mm -hmm. and believe that it's there and claim that, reclaim it mm -hmm. for ourselves because life situations can point to hopelessness, which yes. is a real emotion, but hope yes. remains. Yes. These remain faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. True but hope is still there. So exactly. <laughs> so it is, it's so available for people. And, um, so Carol, I am so grateful for your willingness to share here on this podcast. Thank you. Um, so you said, you said that people can find you and on, on Facebook on at Facebook, path, it's path, path dot, dot way, path yes. dot way. And where yes. else can they find? And then um, I yourself? have a website. I have a website. It is pathway team. Pathwayteam242.org, O-R-G. Awesome. Pathwayteam242.org. And on there, you can, either through the Facebook page or the website, you can book sessions. I like to, I like to, because the work that I do is a mixture of counseling and coaching. And then sometimes people know that there's something going on with me. And I also do small group coaching, like kingdom life coaching as well. And so I like to talk to potential clients first. I offer complimentary sessions, initial sessions, where I get to talk with the client, the client gets the potential client gets to talk with me and we can determine, okay, what would be best for you? Mm -hmm. Would it be one-on-one -on -one session? Would it be a part of being a part of a group, you know, and then sometimes even like we have persons that are having marriage issues mm -hmm. and sometimes they feel like I need to go for counseling. We need to go for counseling. And sometimes when we talk, it may come up. No, it would be good for you to do your own counseling yeah. first. Right. Yeah. And let's see, because the truth is if you heal one person within the marriage, that can, that can result in changes for the marriage itself yeah. right and so so just to have that initial conversation but when yeah. we live out of the core of who we are life is so much better preach work is better relationships yes. are better because you're showing up as ellie as carol yes. because you understand who ellie is or who carol is and when you really know who you are and then you stop making apologies for those things that people may laugh at People laughed at me being super organized all the time. You're too structured. You're too, you like to plan too much. And then I try to not be that. 
And it was chaotic because I'm the planner in my circle. So if I'm not planning, things fall apart, right? Right. No, nothing's happening. So there's a way that I don't have to take on the full responsibility to plan everybody's Mm -hmm. life. But I also need to be willing to show up in my strength because God gave that strength to to help me and help others. Now, I am so grateful for your willingness to share your story, your passion. I really hope that people pop on and, um, and get involved if this is kind of nudging them. I mean, you talked about sort of that nudge to do something that that can be Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit inviting us Mm -hmm. to do something. So I think if there's people listening that that nudge is happening, this could be, this could be the thing. Um, so, so I want to encourage those people to pray about it, but I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Be blessed, Carol. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. May God bless you and your marriage and your ministry. All the best to you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you found this helpful, please, please, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and give it a rating. iTunes would be great. Give it a five-star rating if you would and write a review because it really does help people find this podcast. Just as a reminder, I have a Healing from Divorce online course that has been launched. It's an eight-week program to launch you into Christ-centered healing from the painful effects of divorce. And if you're interested in being a part of this self-guided eight-week study, you can head over to HopeReclaimedMinistries.com for more information. And you can also find that link in my show notes. So head over to HopeReclaimedMinistries.com. I'm also excited because we do have some updates and exciting things happening in the reclaimed community this fall. If you are going through a divorce or healing from a divorce, join a free community called the Reclaimed Community that is all about stepping in with people, with community, with with people that have gone through this to find support and find encouragement in your season. So if you'd like more information about that, you can also head over to HopeReclaimedMinistries.com or on the link that's found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus. There's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.